BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's good, y'all? This is Breeze Bruin from the Mighty Juggernauts. And make sure you subscribe and download the podcast. Library Rap, the hip-hop interviews with Tim Einan Kell. Hip-hop journalism on the highest level. Yeah, what's up? It's your boy, Joel Ortiz. And I want everybody to make sure that they subscribe and download the podcast, Library Rap, the hip-hop interviews with Tim Einenko. Yo, Tim, I hope all is well. You my guy. I know these interviews are not interviews. They're actually conversations, and I appreciate them all. Yeah, well. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Ice-T. I want you to do something for me. Make sure you download and subscribe Library Rap. The hip hop interviews with Tim I and Cal. It is old fucking official. All right, stop playing. Download and subscribe. Library rap. The hip hop interviews with Tim I and Cal. It's cold. Don't be stupid. The latest album from Gotti Mob, made up of C Mob and Corrupt C Mob. Welcome to Library Rap, the hip hop interviews with Tim Anikel. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So, C Mob, you're, you're originally from um, you're from Indiana. I just want to quickly go with what was the hip hop scene like for you growing up, and kind of what was that that album or that first track that you remember hearing that said to you, "All right, this is what this is what I want to do. I want to become a hip hop artist." Well, um, growing up here, like. You know, I'm from the Midwest, so our hip-hop scene is, uh, you know, it's like a mix of everything, but also, like, a lot of Chicago influence. You know what I'm uh, saying? Like, even, yeah. you know, even, like, the, uh, you know, the biggest uh, rappers from Indiana growing up, you know, they lived in, like, that Gary, Chicago area for the most part, you know? Um, But, you know, i say my first... The first uh, album I ever bought was uh, Regulate on uh, on cassette. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a uh, you know a big big pile of the uh, you know the cassette singles that used to come in them little like cardboard sleeves. Yep, yeah, yep. yeah. Before we get into the, the album, I, I you know I was going through your YouTube page and and, and a track I really liked and kind of you know, kept on playing over and over uh, was was not not a group track it was a single track of Broken, um, which is like a really deep track to listen to and the visuals are deep as well. And I imagine I know that was a few years ago, but I imagine you've got a 
got a, I imagine you got an outpouring of responses uh, from that track itself. Uh, can you talk about that track, but also kind of what was the response you got from it? Oh, yeah. Um, the responses from Broken, like, the responses were overwhelming, really. Like, um, I got so many messages on social media and even, like, in the YouTube comments and all that, you know, where people were saying, like, yo, this track helped me helped me through my toughest times. This track helped me not commit suicide, you know, things like that. And I mean, it's just, it, it's crazy when you think about it. Cause it's like, man, you know, something that I wrote, you know, based on, you know, the, the feelings that I had deep inside of me, you know, help other people out, you know, and, and help them to not, you know, a, as far as not killing themselves, you know what I'm saying? Not committing suicide. Mm-hmm. And that's something that, you know, I don't like, I don't know, it feels weird saying it because I don't like to uh, use other people's, uh, like, hard times for my personal gain. So it just feels weird to say, like, yeah, my, my music, you know, stops people from killing themselves. It just sounds weird to me. It right. sounds it sounds vain and, you know what I'm saying? And I, I don't like right. to come across like that. But, but yeah, like, the... the the responses from Broken have just been overwhelming. Um, I also had a lot of similar responses for a song I wrote called Hollow Man. And um, mm. yeah, man, it's just a, it's a beautiful thing to know that, you know, my, you know, my thoughts, my, my creations can, can touch people on that level. Did you ever imagine that? That would, I mean, you were obviously like, you know, when you started writing that you would, get to that level where you were, you know, reaching people, you know, through your words, through your music? Um, you know, deep down, I, I'd like to say yes, because the whole, like, reason I started writing to begin with was, um, I, when I was a kid, you know, I would, uh, I write, I started writing poetry when I was a kid. It was like a, uh, it was a, there was a class project we had, I think it was like middle school, like maybe like seventh grade or something like that there was a class project we had where we had to write a poem and then we had to recite it in front of the class. And, um, I wrote a poem. We had to, we had to wrote, write a poem about a, uh, like a, a historical figure or something like that. And, uh, I got Martin Luther King Jr. So, so I had to write a poem about him and recite it in front of the class. And then when I was done, like the whole class was like, do it again, do it again. And I was like, what? you know what I'm saying? I was like, Oh shit, I'm good at this. So, uh, you know, ever since then, like, go, you know, because teenagers go through shit. Like, teenagers are a ball of fucked up ass emotions. You know what I'm saying? So, right. you know, as I was a teenager, like, I would write out my write out my feelings and shit in poem form. And um, when I was in high school, uh, one of my homeboys was like, yo, I bet you can't rap that to a beat. And I was like, well, shit, let's see. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, yeah. And, it, you know, it, it, it took off from there. Like, I, I'd say, you know, that's where, like, the, the creative process really started. Like, I've always loved hip-hop. I've always loved, you know, the hip-hop culture, the music, the art, all of that. Like, every aspect of hip-hop. And, um, you know, but, but the poetry, like, writing the poetry when I was younger, like, that's when it, you know the lyricism really started for me. You know what I'm saying? Mm. 
That's dope. Uh, do you remember the beat that you, you, you spit the poem to? It was... Uh, it was uh, Tech Nine Questions on the Death Row... Uh, on the uh, gang-related soundtrack. Oh, yeah. wow. Shit, wow. Yeah, because when we was rapping and shit, he was like, uh, I bet you can't spit that shit faster. So I, <laughs> <laughs> so I started rapping it faster, and that's when I was like, oh, hell yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, nice. But yeah, I mean, you know, growing up in the Midwest, uh, you know, we got that. We got that chopper style. You know what I'm saying? We got that we right. do that fast rapping here. And I, I want to turn to the, the new album, Don't Be Stupid. Uh, it's, you know, as mentioned, uh, you guys titled your group Gotti Ma, but it's with, you know, of course, Corrupt. Um, how did this collaboration come to be? And like how, and, and, and I mean, what was that first initial conversation you and Corrupt had about this project? Uh, for that, I really got to give that up to my guy, M80, uh, Matt Markoff. He, uh, he facilitated a feature for me and Corrupt uh, a few years back, you know, uh, and I had, uh, you know, I got, had got a Corrupt feature for one of my tracks. And um, then uh, I say this past uh, August, maybe, M80 hit me up and he was like, hey, man, I got an idea. And I was like, what's up? He was like, shit. He was like, how about you and Corrupt do an EP together. And I was like, well, shit, if Corrupt's down, I'm down. You know, like, hit him up, see what he thinks. Um, you know, because I don't want to do it if all parties aren't excited about it. You know what I'm saying? Right, definitely. So, yeah. AD hit me back, and um, he was like, yo, Corrupt said he's down. So, you know, we set a, we set a, a, a completion date for the EP, and uh, you know, with my with my schedule, like I I juggle work, family, music, all that. Like I'm a busy motherfucker. So we uh we set a completion date for the EP, and in my mind, I was like, damn, I hope we can get this done in time. You know, this EP done in time. And we started uh, you know, I started writing, I started picking out beats, uh, sending it over to Corrupt, and like we got we got it done so fast and 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 the tracks were sounding so good that the ep turned into a full-length album so that's how that all came about um just really like you know m80 had the idea and then you know everybody got on board and you know we put the the action behind it and just made it happen how do you know that like i know you mentioned you had a um he, he was featured. Krupp uh, was featured on one of your tracks earlier, but uh, one of your albums. But how do you know, or when do you know that, like this collaboration actually will work for a, you know for an EP and also for a full length album? Like you know when it's a, does it have to? Do you have to know prior to going into the project, or do you have to actually attempt the project and then see what happens? Well, to know like that it would sound good but, or. Yeah, well, it sound good, and your styles, you know, maybe styles aren't clashing. Uh, yeah, and, you know, you, it just work, it just, it's working. Oh, well, like, you know, something that I really take pride in is my my versatility. Like, you know, growing up, like, I didn't just, like, like hip-hop. You know what I'm saying? I, like, studied hip-hop growing up. Like, anytime I got any little bit of money growing up, I was I was buying a, buying a CD, buying a cassette. You know what I'm saying? And... 
you know, I just grew up listening to everything and just like studying the rhyme patterns, studying the different sounds, the different styles. Um, so, I mean, I'm not trying to sound big headed, but like shit, you could put me on a track with anybody and I'd make it sound good. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like corrupt, death row, fucking West Coast hip hop. Like I grew up like, like really, really listening to that, you know, like that was one of the main things I listened to growing up. So, you know, just with the um, the, the the knowledge I have of the music, you know, and corrupt style and, and all that, like, you know, I, I knew it would sound good. I, I you know, it, it wasn't an option to not sound good. Like that shit was going to sound good. So, yeah, that I'd say that'd be the answer to that question. Nice. Uh, you know, the, you have some of the features on the uh, album are Snoop, Too Short, Spice One, uh, King Crooked. Um, yeah, obviously some more. But for the, the the guys that doesn't mention, like if you could briefly kind of mention, talk about how maybe how was what was their impact so far on, on U.S. artists, and uh, and then what was it like collaborating with them? Oh shit! It was it was a it's a dream come true. You know, to to be able to collaborate with the artists that I grew up listening to and you know like they were they were larger larger than life to me growing up you know and now you know here here we are making music together um so i mean yeah just absolutely amazing you know um yeah beyond beyond grateful and beyond blessed to be able to you know have have music with with legends of that caliber so um you know the music industry like i mean like like the podcast industry is like it's it's definitely has its moments now being oversaturated right um so i imagine as an artist you have to figure out all right how, what am i going to do different uh to stand out um going into this album this project what what was your thought process or maybe even just even conversation through a conversation with corrupt that like all right how are we going to make this album sound different than what everyone else is doing right now um well based on like my style and his style um you know i already knew it was gonna sound different than anything else out there um plus you know going into it like you know i know that in my head like shit i normally rap fast i rap you know a lot of my content is a little bit darker um, I've been called a horrorcore artist in some like uh articles and shit and I and I hate that. <laughs> yeah. uh, I saw that too. I saw that and I sorry to cut you off, but I saw that like I listened to the album, right? And then I and I saw the the horror the horrorcore references and I was like, I this this seems like this is way off in you know that sense because because there is you know there is i saw and i saw all the videos you did and all the songs but there, there is obviously this you're not one you're not one one you know a one trick artist right you actually have yeah absolutely absolutely like i think some people that they, they get hung up on the imagery maybe in some of my videos um right. and then they're like oh he's a horrorcore artist and and to me it's like damn are y'all even listening you know what i'm saying like i uh I definitely not ever trying to wrap myself in a box, you know? Um, but, uh, yeah. So, uh, like I knew that my style and his style were both very different. You know, I'm a, I'm a Midwest artist 
you know, he's a West Coast artist. Uh, we are both very lyrical, um, but our, our deliveries are a lot different. Uh, you know, we're known for having some different uh, sounding beats, different vibes. Uh, so I think, you know, a lot of people may be like, you know, would have went into that situation like, fuck, how are we going to make this work? Um, but I went into it kind of excited, like looking forward to how we were going to make it work. Um, so, yeah, I just, uh, you know, I didn't, I knew that like I couldn't come in just rapping full speed on every track. You know, I like to, I like to create songs that, you know, where the artists complement each other on, you know what I'm saying? Like that, that flow that where we complement each other. So yeah, I really, uh, you know, crafted a lot of the the hooks and the verses and, and stuff like that. Just uh, knowing in my head what sounds good and how I wanted it to sound and, but still being true to like my particular art form. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha. Yeah. I want to ask you about, because um, you talk about, you know, fat, you know, you know like kind of fast, fast rap and versus slow rap. Right. Um, and, and I want to ask you about the writing process. So on, on the track player's ball, right. It's, it's definitely a much slower track. The tempo is much slower. Um, for you, how do you approach a track like that in terms of writing? And are you, I mean, are you do, you, do you think you would still write the same lyrics or content uh, if the track was faster and are, are you, or are you just doing the slower track and kind of trying to fit more words within the, in the, within the beat? Um, so for that one, that one was, uh, one that I, that I sat back and I listened to corrupts verse. I listened to Snoop's verse. I listened to the beat and I was really, um, you know, plotting how to approach my verse on that one so that everything just flowed together correctly. Um, you know, obviously, if if that was a if if it was like me and Tech Nine on that same beat, I would have had a whole different delivery. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Um, but you know, I just wanted to write something that just really flowed well with the song, but also showcased my uh, my lyricism and and my rhyme patterns. So like there was scratching in the hook, you know. So I started off my verse in my head my rhyme patterns sound kind of like a, a, a scratch pattern, you know, cause I started it off like that ass that was thick with a fat pepper lips. I love it. How she gags till the mascara drips. And in my head, I'm hearing it, 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 it you know what I'm saying? Like a, like a scratch yeah. pattern. So I kind of wanted to start it off like that, you know, and then just take off from there. So that that's how I approach that track. And, um, you know, there were, there was a few, but then on like the big business track, you know what I'm saying? Corrupt came in mm -hmm. and he was rapping, uh, you know, rapping, you know, fairly slow compared to how I usually rap. But like with the way with the way my engineer made the beat and the way the hook was, as soon as that first hook ended, I was like, it's fucking go time. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, I, yeah. and I knew that that would work for that track. So. You know, it's really just on a track to track basis. I kind of analyzed what I was working with and went from there. I'm talking about uh, the business. The you know, the business is a track about um, making money in, in 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 the in this game. And obviously, we just got off uh, the pandemic. Really hurt the artists in terms of the tour life, right. right? You know, usually, especially now, you do them 
it, it's harder to make money off of album sales. You know, you have to, you know this, you have to do the album and then either merch or tour, right? Yep. Um, so what was the big, like, for you, how how are you are, were able to kind of, I guess, work your way around uh, trying to still be an artist and, and, and the pandemic? And then also, what was, what has been your biggest takeaway about the business uh, post-pandemic? Uh, the business, po- like, post-pandemic, I think the pandemic really, um, it changed the game in a lot of ways. Um, but it mm-hmm. also like, I feel like it also kind of separated those who, who can adapt and thrive and those who can't, um, you know, cause during, during the pandemic, I was, I, I was working. I had one of them jobs that was like, Nope, you, you come into work. Um, I was working a lot, but since I couldn't really travel a lot, I wrote a lot. Um, and then right after the pandemic, like, I don't know, quote unquote ended or whatever you want to call it right after everything kind of opened back up, the restrictions got lifted a little bit. I toured like immediately. Uh, It was me, King Iso from strange music, uh, table, the truth, snake Lucci. We did uh, this tour called the group therapy tour. And we did that like right after the pandemic. Um, You know, we were still wearing like masks and meet and greets and stuff like that. Uh, But, uh, it uh you know the turnout we got and the love we got out on the road it really uh solidified how much people want and love music and and how much you know fans really fuck with you you know mm-hmm. um so i mean all in all like the pandemic was definitely a learning experience and i think it taught people how to really utilize their time and their energy and you know what the situations that are presented to them at least the ones that are serious anyways you know that's true dope um in the video i didn't even know i mean you have appearances from warren g which you know uh and Razkaz, and just to name a few of them and you know you just mentioned how you had regulators the, the cassette tape yeah um, so what was that like, i remember the first time i met chuck d the entire the entire time in my head i was like Oh shit! I had his cassette tape when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, what was that? I guess one was a video shoot, like, but what was also for you as like a fan to be uh, a fan and now a peer, right? A fan of of, of these guys, like Warren G. Like, what was the what were those conversations? Did, were you able to have some conversations with those guys? Yeah, a little bit, you know. Um, you know, there's like, what's crazy is like. You know, when you're doing, when you're making music and, and you're elevating, you're moving up and you're working with people that you you admire and you look up to, you know, things like that. Like there's this weird, you, you get presented with these weird moments where it's like, I want you to view me as a peer. Like I'm a fan, but I don't want you to view me as a fan. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So you get put in these situations where you want to be like, dude, like you're the shit, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, it's like, man, I ain't trying to come up, come across as no groupie, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, I think you just be yourself, man. You don't, don't be a fucking groupie, but you know, you can, 
you can operate, you can move with honesty and integrity and, and be respected. Um, you know, it's just all about how you present yourself and, and how you go about things and how you communicate. Um, like I'm a huge, I'm a huge, huge tech nine fan. And, um, you know, I, anytime there's a tech nine show in my area, I will go cause I fucking love tech nine because he's probably my biggest musical inspiration, but also like, I know tech on like a, a, a personal level too. Like we've made, we, you know, I was featured on a tech nine album and shit like that. And, um, I just try to not forget that like, man, this, this started because I love fucking music and I love hip hop and I love these artists. So I can never like allow myself to be just too cool to where I can't enjoy the music anymore, you know? Um, so yeah, like you might catch me at one of my homeboy shows, like jamming out in the fucking crowd, like a fan, you know what I'm saying? Because I fucking love the music. Um, or you, or you might just catch me chilling backstage or whatever. Like, but like, I don't know, to get back to your question, it's like there, it, it is weird being a, being a fan, but also wanting to be viewed as an equal. Uh, so you just kind of, you know, and everybody, there's so many different personalities out there as well, you know? So you just go with the, go with the flow. Don't, don't be a fucking, <laughs> like, don't be a fucking dick rider or a groupie, but just, you know, operate with, you can operate with integrity and honesty. That's just kind of my, uh, how I view everything, you know, integrity, honesty, and good communication will get you far in life. Imagine it's like, you're constantly reminding yourself, like, just don't ask for a picture. Just don't ask for a picture. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, fucking if, if it's, you know, if it's, if it's, seems like a, a, a good time to ask for a picture and be like, yo, let, let's get a picture for social media or whatever the case may be. Like, you know, without being like, Hey, Hey, hey can, you know, like right. all groupyish about it. You know? so, <laughs> but yeah, that is probably one of the, that's one of those questions that like, that's a real ass question right there because that is a, um, I think I think every artist goes through that, whether they want to admit it or not, whether they want to try to act too cool or not. I think every artist has those thoughts in their head like, wow, I'm in the presence of so and so, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and if they don't, then they either, you know, they're not true fans or or they're fucking lying to you. (laughs) Nice. Um, You talked about a little earlier, but in in the in on the track, uh, oh. want smoke uh you spit about your skills and your work ethic and you know you and like i said you touched on it a little earlier but can you talk about the time you do spend like i mean do you have like a set two hours or you know three hours aside per day just to write no matter it doesn't have to be for an album it doesn't have to be for a particular track it's just you kind of dedicating your time to the craft yeah so um i don't know i guess i could give you a little rundown on on my on my backstory, um, I dropped my first album in 05. And, um, when I was working on my first album, I was also a, a single father. I have full custody of my oldest son at the time. And I was working fucking fast food. So fast food jobs, single father. Um, and you know, work, family, music. You know, that that was life. Um, work, 
take care of my son, write, and then, you know, record. Um, and that's pretty much how my life has been ever since then, except I just have, I've gotten more kids over the years. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, some people are like, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you do it. But like, this is, I don't know that I, it's just what I do. Like, um, because I was a single father, um, at such a young age, you know, I had to focus on the stability to provide for my kids. So, you know, when, when you, when you have a job, a job, a career, whatever the fuck you want to call it, something that pays you every week or every two weeks, you know, a stable income, you know, you don't, you don't have to worry about the the lights getting cut off and shit like that. As long as you're managing your money, right? So if you can balance that and balance following your passion and your dreams and, and building that at the same time, and then, you know, handling your responsibilities on top of that, if you if you can manage to balance all that and it's not easy there's sometimes when that balance just gets thrown all out of whack and you got to try to you know balance it back out or, or whatever um but if you can manage all that like you 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 can go places for real um i don't know sometimes i i, I get to talking man sometimes i feel like i start rambling no, that's cool. No, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so like with my work ethic and my talent, I can bury them seeds. You know what I'm saying? Like I work, I fucking work my ass off and I've worked my ass off for damn near like two decades now. Um, making music, taking care of my family, working my regular job. And that provides me and don't get me wrong. Like fuck working for somebody else. I do not like this shit. Um, but I got I got I got kids to provide for, man. I got I got lights to keep on. I got a roof to keep over people's heads. But um, you know, doing this, it also provides me with a. Uh, I think fans can relate to me. People can relate to me because you know, it's not like I'm some fucking rich kid. You know what I'm saying? This mm-hmm. mansion, fucking around making music, you know, or or some fucking rapper who quit his job. And he says he's living off his music just to, you know, try to cover up the fact that he's a fucking bum. <laughs> but <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm I'm really out here working my ass off trying to trying to make shit happen. Was there ever a moment for you that you were ready to kind of walk away from it? Uh, you know, just because something, there, you know, there's a lot of moments where I question whether or not it was worth it. Like, you know, you you. You're spending all your fucking money on on studio time and beats and and you're like, man, here I am driving a, a shitty ass car. I could I could afford one, but I'm spending all my time on 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 all my money on studio time and, and music. But like, you know, it's not like I'm, you know, you get, you get to that point where it's like man i'm not like really doubling tripling quadrupling my investments here what, what is it worth it you know i'm going through so much stress but like those situations are not unique to 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 people who are trying to build their business build their brand you know that's that's something that i think everybody who's trying to make something of themselves goes through that is this worth it moment 
And, um, you know, with, with hip hop and, and, and rapping and shit like that, I think there's a lot of people that are just like, fuck it. I'm not, you know, I'm going to slow down. I'm not going to pursue this anymore because maybe it's easier to, to, to quit your dreams of being a rapper than it is to quit your dreams of being like a, uh, uh, some, t- some other type of entrepreneurship, but yeah, absolutely. There, there were, there were moments where I questioned whether or not it was worth it, but there was never a moment where I wanted to quit. Mm. What was that? Uh, for you, what has been that kind of go to as a go to song that you might've written or that go to lyric that you might've written that remind you that you're good at what you do and you should keep going. Um, well, I think all my shit's dope. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> but, but really like, okay. Like, like how you brought up the, the comments on broken, the feedback on broken. Like when I get, when I get people that take the time out of their day to send me a message on Facebook or Instagram or, or leave a comment on YouTube or something like that to tell me, that my music helped them get through their hard times that that's the that's the type of shit that keeps me going you know because i'm like fuck i've been through hard times just trying to write this shit i've been through hella hard times in my life uh with with music with all that you know and the fact that something that i have uh you know really hustled and grinded and just put hella work in and hella, you know, it's just hard. It's hard being an independent artist, but you know, moments like that, comments like that, that's, that's when, you know, you're doing the right thing and it's, and it's all worth it. So uh, of course I have to ask this, you know, don't be stupid out. Um, what happens now for you? I mean, you, you're, I know you, you're obviously still writing, but what happens with you and Corrupt? Do you guys plan a tour, or is there more pushing for this album? What's next? Um, we're still we're still pushing. Um, we've been we're talking about touring. Uh, we're talking about. Uh, well, we're still releasing videos. Uh, I got another video dropping, uh, I believe, this weekend for. Uh, my solo track on the album um and we are talking about we're also like we both like this project so much that that our plans are to do another one you have a you have a you have a, a deadline when you're trying to get this album the next album done <laughs> um well we were talking i think we're talking about like 2024 maybe you know give us give us 2023 to work on some solo shit and then you know, come back together in 2024 to to hit them with another Gotti Mob album. Uh, C Mob, one half of Gotti Mob, new album is Don't Be Stupid. Uh, C Mob, thank you so much for being on Live at Rap the Hip Hop Interviews with Tim Ryan and Kellerman. I, de- I definitely greatly appreciate this. Hey, thank you for having me, man. I, I appreciate it as well. over here just don't be coming around wasting our fucking time saying you want to do business and then not following through we're either doing business or we're not 
Looking at you like, who is this? If it ain't about making me money, get up out of my business. You wanna be a part of the pack, you better not slack. You do get dismissed, cause this gets real and I will get ill. You don't wanna get Chris pissed, I'm vicious. I work too hard, don't ever play with my riches. You bitches are weary and tired, trying to get me to share the empire. If you don't put in the work, you don't reap the reward. I suggest you get very inspired. Your circumstance will be scary and dire. If you're not honest, I'll bury a liar. I give no dummy, so do not act funny. Just show me the money like Jerry Maguire. Bitch, Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.